welcome to another episode of Criterion on the Couch, a podcast from two amateur film buffs as they make their way through the vast Criterion collection one title at a time, all from the comfort of the couch. We record each episode immediately after we watch each film. I'm Adam Yurick, along with Jim Sessa. Today's episode features Easy Rider. Jim's going to take us away with the official Criterion summary and specs. This is the definitive counterculture blockbuster, the down-and-dirty directorial debut of former clean-cut teen star Dennis Hopper. Easy Rider heralded the arrival of a new voice in film, one pitched angrily against the mainstream. After the film's cross-country journey with its radical new wave-style editing, outsider rock soundtrack, revelatory performance by a young Jack Nicholson, and explosive ending, the American road trip would never be the same. This movie came out in 1969. It is 95 minutes long. It's in color. It's 1.85 to 1 aspect ratio. And if you're following along at home, it's by number 545. Well done, sir. Thank you. I was uh, mentioning to you, I was surprised that this movie came out in 1969. I feel like, I mean, the colors looked great. Yeah. I mean, I guess some of the, the cars and stuff kind of gave it that dated look, but the motorcycles, I felt, looked just like motorcycles you'd see yeah, in the I don't think, today. I mean, I'm not a big um, motorcycle person, but no, I know choppers either. have, like, that's the style bike that it is. They're not Harleys, they're right, choppers, and right. I don't think that style of bike has really changed that much. I mean, back in the day when... I remember seeing episodes of the show American Choppers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or American Chopper, American Choppers. doesn't really matter. Um, wasn't really that great. But I, I do remember like, you know, you look at some of the bikes that they would have in their shop, not the fancy ones they were trying to, build, but the standard ones they were building. Yeah. Style really hasn't changed. I mean, even Harley's style hasn't really changed yeah, that's true. that much. I mean, they've modernized some things, but I think motorcycles have been surprised. You know, if you, it's funny if you think about it motorcycles from like a classic sense from like the 50s into the 60s have not really changed in style much from then till now that's true unlike cars which of course have gone through lots and lots of changes and speaking of changes how about jack nicholson i did not know he ever had hair yeah yeah he did once i mean he has hair yeah i mean he had a full head of hair in this and he was, I mean, I don't know how old he was in 1969, but um, he really reminded me of Walton Goggins, I think yeah. his name is. Uh, Boyd That's Crowder from Justified. Yeah, he definitely, like, physically. Yeah, he had that, like, look. It's like the teeth, like the big grin and everything. Yeah. I didn't really even recognize that was him in, like, the first few scenes he was in. Pleasant surprise. Yeah. I I saw this movie once in college. Um, so I do I did remember a little bit of it some of the plot points and stuff like that um but it was still still good to see it again it's, i like it i think it's a really great movie uh it's kind of like you said about it holding up uh it is there's parts of it that are really that are grainy yeah but the, the low light shots especially were were grainy but i feel like it doesn't come across as being like an old movie and i think what helps it is the soundtrack yeah because that a lot of that music has become timeless in the sense i mean you have like born to be wild being like yeah. the big title track in there and um, most of it's considered classic rock now but you still hear it all the time right right so that kind of allows you to kind of stay with it versus it being something else where the music is just scored or something like that and you're kind of you know yeah. pulled out of it and being the like the counterculture movie that it is you're there i feel like a lot of the themes that kind of are portrayed in this movie existing right into present day so and it's separate. It kind of pulls itself out of what was going on in 1969, if you think about it. Like, it is very much like if you, you think about like that 
this movie is kind of a, occurring in a corner of the country way off from right. everything else that's happening in 1969. Yeah, they don't mention like politics or war or anything like that. Yeah, really, no. I, I can't even think of an instance in which there was like I don't I don't remember seeing a newspaper or a, a clip in the background where they were where they no. saw that happening. I think uh, the radio might have been playing in one scene, but yeah, I mean nothing deliberate. They're- well, even too, I mean, you look at you know the movie we, we the last movie we watched, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I mean that took place in 1971, essentially right. like two, two years. years after when this movie was made and came out. Right, so, but the, but that movie was set in 1971. This was filmed in 69. No, but what I'm what I was saying was is that in terms of like that movie, you kind of it's kind of funny that we ended up we watched that movie and then watched Easy Rider because in that movie you do have a lot of what was going on. Like you yeah. get that perspective. There's TVs in the background, kind of hinting at Vietnam and Nixon and and all that type of stuff. So, but do you think that's more? You know, that movie had the advantage of looking back on a time period yeah. whereas this movie came out during a time period and they didn't have the time to think about how important their specific year was to like play up those themes they were just living in that time and made you know made that movie in that time if you think about what i mean it's, it happened in the in you know like 1962 well, 69 like the amount of major yeah historic not historical events that happened at that time i mean kennedy was assassinated in this came out in 69 so it was probably filmed in what 67 maybe 67 68 yeah probably 68 all right yeah i mean there was still a lot that happened in the early 60s but didn't walk on the moon yet but overall i don't i don't know i it was relevant to its time it just didn't of course i mean this was a huge movie in terms of a couple things one being probably pretty much the first movie that went away from using a film score as right. its background and used popular tracks. I think in, I don't remember what movie it was we we had reviewed, and you talked about the wipe transition. Oh, uh, yeah, what movie was that? Was that The Man Who Mo- Knew Too Much? Yes. Okay, so this obviously came out after The Man Who Knew Too Much. Right. But, I mean, the transition... That they chose to yeah, use? Yeah, the editing was uh, was was really interesting, I thought. Again, was that on um, specific? Yeah, that was on purpose. It was very uh, jarring. It was like a flash between the scene you're watching and the next scene, and then it would kind of flash back and forth, back and forth a few times, and then you'd be in the new scene. Yeah. And they did that a couple times, and the first time it was it done happened, a lot to yeah. change, to kind of, I think the whole purpose of that is just is to be jarring. To set you off that we're going somewhere. Well, it worked. Do. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of movies in the 60s and early 70s, late 60s, early 70s, where you know, you're experimenting with different types right. of editing and right. the technology's a little bit better. You can you can do that type of thing. But I, that, that's part of what went along with this movie was the weird editing. Not weird editing, but, you know, kind of a new wave of editing. Especially when you see, like, the scene where they're in the cemetery and it's that L. Um, LSD trip yeah. that they're on. That was really and it's various through weird lenses and you know, you know, different angles and like they have like maybe weird like filters over the, over the camera lens to, to kind of. Lady was like talking to the wall. Uh, yeah, well, she's like wedged between two, <laughs> tombs and is I don't know, freaking out on LSD. <laughs> that whole scene was just strange. The guy had like an umbrella for no reason. I don't know where. Yeah, that I don't know came where from. that came from. Probably found it somewhere. Um, something else though that you wouldn't see in a movie nowadays. So this is Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, and Jack Nicholson, and the majority of the movie is them riding motorcycles, and they are actually 
riding the motorcycles. Mm -hmm. Not just like nowadays, if you see a movie, you might see the actors on the motorcycle, but you usually don't see the wheels touching the ground because the motorcycles would probably be pulled by another vehicle or they're hooked up somehow. And then maybe that hook might be edited out. These people were truly riding the motorcycles and doing, you know, no hands at some point waving around. There was a scene where Dennis Hopper was like up on one leg on his motorcycle and it was definitely him mm-hmm. and he was definitely doing something very dangerous that you just wouldn't well, have an actor do now. Yeah, I mean, now it's different because the, like the late 60s was kind of like the end of this getting into the end of the studio system. Now you have actors are insured for like you know millions of dollars, but still they're getting do paid that. millions of dollars. No, I know, but but I mean Dennis Hopper directed this film, and I they they it, that's it's true. Very much an indie film, and they made it with like skeleton crews, and you know they would, from what I understand, they would just like pick people up in different areas and have them work on the crew and and stuff like that. It was not. It was a very low budget, hmm. and Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda weren't super stars well in the, the synopsis said that this was peter fonda's first non-teen idol type role right i don't really know what he did before this well he was henry fonda's son and jane fonda's younger brother yeah but i mean was that all he was known for or, i don't I mean, know we watched henry fonda in the in 12 angry men right right i just don't know if peter fonda was yeah i don't know if he did anything uh, anyway i was surprised when i when yeah, i, I mean, realized is, what they were actually doing and uh Dennis Hopper, I don't think I ever saw him in a movie this old before. He really kind of has that Owen Wilson look to him. Anyway, back to back to this. So I think what I liked about this movie was that for the first like five, to me it felt like 10 minutes. It was probably five or six minutes or so. There was really little to no dialogue in the in, yes. in the movie, which was cool. And, and Jimmy style, nobody talking. <laughs> it was amazing. I wrote that down too. Well, not a lot of talking because you had the uh, the guy who they were buying cocaine from was really kind of doing the talking. He did talk a lot, and, but it was in Mexican. But Spanish. <laughs> they were in Mexico, or oh I think they were supposed to be in Mexico. Uh, uh man, <laughs> it was in Mexican. It's kind of late. This is later than we normally record. Um, so, yeah. So, but but again, I mean, that's the whole idea. Is it? You can't. There's no. It's not subtitled, so you don't really know right. what he's saying right. unless you speak Spanish. Right. Um. And then when they have the scene where they're with the, you know, right by the airport, and the guy is in a, mm-hmm. you know, he he's in that Rolls Royce, which I thought was kind of a good way to set it up as like this is a big deal, like they're getting a lot of money out of this. Yeah. And they make the drug deal there, and then they, you go on from it, so you basically know that oh well they've they've made a ton of money. Um, on this and they they're gonna go and blow it all at yeah go to go to mardi gras. mardi gras i don't know what the sense of that is it is kind of funny too that he you look at like dennis hopper and he's really pretty much strung out and stoned or drunk the mm-hmm. whole the whole way and peter fonda's character wyatt is much more introspective and calmer yeah about it and like keeping it cool and he's got like the American flag helmet and the and Captain the, America. Yeah, the, the as the helmet. He's uh, called the jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gas tank on his choppers, even. Yep. Yep. The American flag, which is not what you would expect to me. Like these these two guys, you know, feel I know, like they're, they're rebels supposed to be like and rebels very... and like hippies, but they've got like American flags all over them. So it's well, at least he does. Yeah. 
And I did like when they get on the bikes that Wyatt kind of throws the his watch. Yeah, that was kind of setting off like eh, it doesn't matter what time it is anymore. Oh. And then they just ride on. I thought that was kind of a cool unspoken moment. I didn't know if the watch was broken or because he kind of looks at it for a no, bit and then throws it on the ground. No, nah, it was definitely a I don't need this anymore because I don't need care what time of day it is and just kind of tossed it aside and they went and that's when it cuts to like born to be wild and they do the whole that shot itself too was a bad shot where he's throwing it on the ground it's like a weird he throws and then it's just like a shot of the watch on the ground and then it immediately jumps to like the scene of them pulling out like it's cut really weird yeah and that was my first thought of uh oh (laughs) this movie's gonna be like a low budget badly edited movie (laughs) you know it had had some of those moments Uh, yeah so i think the biggest thing we see throughout this film is really it's really about how the these two guys get treated by everybody else when they're on their way if you and if you really think about it like dennis hopper's character is kind of a jackass yeah Yeah. like he's he is the one who's gonna get them in trouble i think it's pretty much straight up he's not he's not doing anything super bad no he's just he's just he has like a short fuse is a temper and he and because he's kind of stoned and la- like he's always has to be talking right but he's not picking fights or anything no, like no, that no no but right when you get like we kind of get the sense of their personalities when they go to that first uh that first like motel right and the vacancy sign when he sees her on the bikes he, he turns, turns on no the vacancy, no vacancy yeah, sign and oh. then they just kind of have to drive away and you know camp camp out and they pick up that hitchhiker do you ever hitchhike jim uh no but i have picked up hitchhikers really oh not myself directly i was with a family member who will remain nameless mom (laughs) and she stopped on several occasions to pick up hitchhikers but it was usually when we were hiking on the appalachian trail and we had just gotten off or on the trail and we picked up other hikers you could tell they were through hikers because they would have all their gear with them usually in a group and just like drive them into town Oh, well, that's different. It's what they call trail magic. But no, I've never hitchhiked myself. No, I, I neither hitched, have I. Hitchhiked? Hitchhiked? Hitchhiked. Hitchhiked. Yes. Hmm. I haven't, nor have I picked up a hitchhiker. So you have not hitchhiked? That's correct. And I certainly wouldn't hitchhike on a motorcycle with a stranger. No. I mean, again, it was 1969. Yeah. People but, did a lot of things. Uh. Well, so they get on... Oh, I'm sorry. So before... Is this before? So, oh yeah, so we skipped ahead a little bit, but I, which is fine, but the part where they're at the farm I thought was really interesting. The because farm. The ranch, the farm, when they're in that spot where they, he needs to fix his bike. Oh, at the right, very beginning. right, the family. Because in the whole movie, if I'm thinking, if i going through everything, they're the only people who, like, treat them well. Aside from when they hit get that's what I was thinking. Aside from when they're with the hitchhiker and they go to the the that like commune, very hippieish commune. Yeah, they treated them okay. Right. So those are the only two. In, but but they're like their people. If you th- yeah yeah. So they're gonna get treated by them because they're pretty much on the level. Whereas this farmer is more similar to the other people we see throughout the film in terms of his age and like what his yeah job is. But he's Catholic. Or his, his wife is Catholic. Catholic. My wife is Catholic, you know. But still, though, he's generally not like you can see. He's maybe suspicious, but he's just they don't do anything. And what I really kind of liked, and where you got a lot of what Wyatt's character is, is when the farmer's like, "Oh, you know, I got this farm or whatever," and he's like, "No, I mean it. You've got a nice place. It's not every man that can live off the land, you know. You do your own thing in your own time. 
You should be proud. And that that line I thought was that that little scene I think was really good because to me it was like oh I really like the character the Wyatt character like he's a good guy like right. I, I, I'm at that point like invested me into like wanting to see like what they were gonna do and and like rooting for that character and Billy's character is still kind of annoying like you know he's just sort of he like eats before he they say grace and he doesn't yeah. take his hat off at the table and kind of disrespectful. I did feel like I kept waiting for something bad to happen to Billy just because in a pair like that, in a combo like that. In right. A movie, somebody's going to get it. Right. Yeah. Something, if something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to him first. And maybe it does. Well, it does. There's not, it not does. spoilers here. No spoil. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we we're spoiling. not like going in, going in order here. Yeah. So then they pick up the hitchhiker. Right. And, and, and he, that, go ahead. Sorry. He, said something about where he wanted to go did he say he wanted to go to mardi gras or they told him they were going to mardi they gras? told him they were going to mardi gras i believe i don't remember him saying but somehow they end up stopping at this commune well before that though is there's they're with him for a couple a little while because he fills up their gas tank yeah uh, and they're concerned because they think they have money or drugs or something in the gas tank. I got them. That's where they hid the money. Yeah, hid the money. They put it in like a hose and then hid right. the hose. Oh, in the that's gas. right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. But I like they're kind of like going through Monument Valley, which is sort of if you're going to have a movie that's set in the West, there's always the like respective Monument Valley shot because it's so cool mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to see that. I did kind of like this the scene where uh, Billy's trying to ask the hitchhiker like, "Where are you from, man? Where are you from, man?" Hard to say. <laughs> hard to say? Where you from, man? Well, it's hard to say because it's a very long word, you know. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was kind yeah. of like... It was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, they kind of have a conversation. At one point, um, there's another good line that Wyatt had where he said... I never wanted to be anybody else. Just still another thing about that, like the going thing, like that he's like his own person, that he's like he's, he's doing what he wants to do. Uh, but, uh, I think that, you know, we get to that, commu- uh, the, the communal, like hippie homestead is kind of what I wrote, what I titled it. Uh, I, I don't, I didn't really know what, really what to make of it. I mean, I feel like I saw it and I was like, I've, I've seen this before. Like in, in here's some sort a of, random commune. Yeah, exactly. Together. Just a whole bunch of random people, uh, just like young kids who are, you know, whatever they're doing, planting seeds in the desert. Good luck with that. I obviously don't know how to plant. They were literally just throwing a bag of something on the ground. Yeah, not the digging heck? holes or no, no. And it was like powder, whatever they were throwing. Yeah, it didn't I don't look know like what seeds. they were trying to plant. Like that's never gonna. I think the one character who's it, Billy or Wyatt, like, he's like oh, you got a lot of rain out here, and yeah, yeah. Well, and Billy even said like, this is nothing but sand. Man, ain't gonna make it. Man, ain't gonna grow anything here. They're gonna make it. Dig. They're gonna make it. Yeah, I mean, I feel again, it's sort of him having this like positive thing where the here, oh hey, like they're taking the risk, like they they put it all out here. I'm gonna believe in them. I'm gonna, they're gonna make it. I think that's kind of what his the way, at least the way that he says it, he's, he's kind of mm. determining it in that sense that that's what he that's what he wants to believe. Well, I feel like they probably all starved come come winter. Oh, for sure, they're all dead. <laughs> they're all dead. I like the scene where it was kind of, when I was watching the scene where they're all. I guess standing around somewhere in a circle, I guess before they pray in and the it's going longest through. pan shot yeah. ever. <laughs> but what I, what I had this thought was 
like just looking at their faces they were all these like stricken yeah you could tell they were like hungry just tired and i just had this thought of i wonder how many of them really lived like now so they they'd be in their 60s probably now they were probably all in their 20s in 1969 so they'd be in their 60s or 70s at this point like are they still alive are they did they die? Did they make it? How many of them went home? How many of them stuck it out? Like, just kind of, it was just this, this curious moment of like looking at each person's face. Like, if they actually lived on the commune, you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying like right. in the world of the movie, like, did this, did that yeah. person who's maybe 17 or 18 years old, like, where are they in, you know, right, right, 2017? Are they, Do, was that, so that pan shot was super long. First of all, he went past like 20 some people. Was it, a like 360 pan because i feel like it started with the same guy it ended with yeah okay yeah oh yeah because because the the hitchhiker guy who i don't know if we ever got his name so we're i'm just calling uh, him the hitchhiker guy but uh he was directly next to the person that it stopped at oh yeah and that was the guy who like prayed then right okay i don't know that was a weird it was definitely uncomfortable I yeah. I was unsure exactly like I wasn't really sure what um what they what they potentially were going to be looking at. I feel like if they had slowed that pan down just a little bit and then added some indie music on top of it, it would have been right out of a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the long pan. pan and like some. Oh yeah, that would totally would have been <laughs> from that. Uh yeah, it was so. Oh no, it wasn't that that hitchhiker. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Jumping ahead to the next hitchhiker, but I'll I'll wait a bit. So we get to the point where we're we basically we meet George. George, Jack Nicholson's character, and right. they kind of pull into that little small town and they just join the parade and they get arrested for parading without a permit. Yes. Which is really your first sign of like here it comes and you can tell the man by the way doesn't that they like sh- them. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And then we kind of see, you know, whatever we get from um Jack Nicholson's character that he's a fairly important or well-to-do lawyer in the town his dad must be somebody really important he gets, right he, right he kind of gets them off and then just then he kind of bribes the cops not to tell his dad right so you kind of get that he was like a spoiled rich kid right because he just is like i'm gonna go with you he's also a complete alcoholic right takes his big what do you have jim beam there or jim beam took a huge gulp of huge gulp and then like dance like a chicken or something <laughs> yeah I guess. I guess. You figured he'd be used to drinking it at this point that it wouldn't hit his system like right. that. Right. And he just took like a shot. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Jim Beam, there was also, uh, I was starting to write down some product placement in this movie, which I don't think any of it was intentional. It was just, this film was just shot wherever they were. And if there were products in the shot, there were products in the shot. Yeah. I don't think product placement really started no, until no, like no. ET. But there was definitely a lot of, uh, Enco gas stations that they went past. There was a lot of Coca-Cola signs or Coca-Cola bottles when they're in the diner. I think there was actually a Pepsi bottle in there as well. Oh, wow. But Brand Wars. Yeah, and I don't know if, I mean, is Pepsi from the 60s? Oh, yeah. All right, because the the bottle, the Pepsi logo didn't quite... Pepsi's been around since the 40s or 50s. Okay. I didn't, the way it was written, it didn't look like the way I see Pepsi written. Well, yeah. they, their logo has been different. I'm sure, but their logo has changed. Coca-Cola is very has not changed a whole lot. No, the Coca-Cola logo hasn't changed for a long time. Yeah. Um, but the Pepsi logo was written originally more like the Coca-Cola logo. Now it's like in a more block letter format. Mm. 
that that was done in like the 80s or something like that, I think. I also saw Paps Blue Ribbon, Budweiser, Sitgo Gas, and Cat. The yeah. Construction vehicles. Yeah, because the one guy in the, in the, the hat. Yeah, yeah, the hat on. I think at that time, I mean, one, again, being a super indie movie that this pretty much was, they're not going to try to get clearances of any right, of that type right. of stuff. And I don't believe during that, like in the 60s and 70s, it wasn't really a big deal to have no. brands. I think it wasn't until you got into the 80s that it started to become a big thing where people didn't want their brands associated with your film or you had to get the rights to use it because the brand started becoming more famous. Yeah, and speaking of not getting <clears throat> rights, I feel like almost every shot of people on the side of the road was just people that happened to be where the film oh, crew was. Oh, for sure. That's, that's 100%. They're all waving to the camera, which sh- you assume they're just waving to the bike riders, but they're probably just waving to a camera crew. That I'm pretty sure that there's the like town people and some of the people who are in some of those those scenes especially like the diner scenes yeah i'm pretty sure they were just like pulled out like people saw them and right like right. they like you know the guys saw them as they were shooting a scene and put them in there and gave them lines to say because i know that a lot of this movie was just made like they didn't really write a script for a lot of this that a lot of the scenes were just um improvised oh, wow. dialogue that's pretty good yeah i mean, I mean I, there wasn't I mean, a lot like stumbling are, over their words or anything no i mean they're i don't know if they were like decide like came up with one they wanted to say on the spot rehearse it and then filmed it yeah it's not like sometimes you watch a woody allen movie or something where they're improvising and it's just like you can tell like it's a conversation that is being ad-libbed like it's not right. i don't know i really liked uh the scene where they're on the ca- the first like big scene that we have at the campfire outside, yeah the campfire with jack nicholson and he's sort of you you really like there are these um, Wyatt and Billy are these two like cool dudes and dude is like you know George didn't even know what that word meant right they had to explain the word dude you must be some important dude man like you know that treatment a dude what does he mean dude dude ranch <laughs> dude <laughs> oh, no. dude means uh, a nice guy dude means a regular sort of person and uh he uh that where they ask he asks him he's like oh do you want to have here try some try some of this and he realizes it's like a he, he thinks it's a cigarette at first and then he realizes it's marijuana he's like no man this is grass you, you mean marijuana yeah lord have mercy is that what that is and then i just i just thought that was great and he kind of like he goes back and forth. He's like, well, I kind of drink a lot, and I don't really know. It like, doesn't it lead to harder stuff? And you're like, what? Is he reading like a dr- like anti-drug commercial? But it was I the mean, 60s, I guess, yeah, so, yeah. it would have been. That was, I mean, that also made me think of Boyd Crowder, too, when he was like, Lord have mercy. Yeah, well, like, yeah, he definitely, yeah. yeah. Hey, maybe he went, and that's where he got his uh, I think inspiration th- yeah, for the- Yeah, I really did think that after watching that. I'm like, they must have- I mean, it's a, this is a famous movie. It's yeah. like, so- Hey, you never know. You have to look that up. But yeah, I like this scene, the UFO scene. Right, um, right. George is really... Well, well. Billy thinks he saw something in the sky. Yeah, and he kind of like keeps going on. Like his just... I just I just like that. I think those are kind of those like really good scenes where you know... Well, one, I'm pretty sure at one point he starts laughing and they cut away and they cut back and he's not laughing anymore. So I think that <laughs> was... Uh, like, I think he laughed and they cut, they cut it. 
Oh, oh, oh. Like, I don't, I don't think that was supposed that to. That was like, Billy, Billy thinks he sees something, and then George takes it too far. And I'm pretty sure they're actually smoking marijuana through the, this film. But that's not it a problem. I'm pretty, like, I think they were stoned for a lot of this movie. Mm. So that I think that would have gone towards uh, some of the some of the interesting things that happened in the scenes and stuff. So maybe Jack Nicholson really did see UFOs or believed in UFOs. Uh, yeah. Maybe. George is obviously crazy. So then after that, they go to the, I think, which is a big scene in the movie, they go to the that diner in Louisiana. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. are, I know for a fact they're in Louisiana because they had, at, when they left the diner, there was an LSU football schedule uh, on yes. the window. Yes. But I think that was a really, like, a big one of, I don't think there was one before that of where they're really being, you're hearing people say things about them. Yeah. And it was like some nasty, mean. nasty stuff, like just right away. And really all tied to um, Billy's character having long hair, which gets picked up on a couple times throughout the movie. Right. That how much people are shocked that his hair is like a girl's hair to them. Right. So they're all they do is walk in and sit at the table. They don't cause yeah, they any would problems. Have paid. They would have been Nothing. polite. Wouldn't have been a problem at all. And several tables are just saying like, and it's... Uh, I, th- I think they're saying it loud enough that they can hear oh, it. Oh, yeah. They can hear everything that everyone's the, saying. The first few conversations, I wasn't sure if we're just supposed to hear it. As... No, I think when we walk into that scene, what we hear is what they hear. Yeah. But they're just saying, I mean, the sheriff is there saying things about them. Yeah. Like the older people, you kind of get, all right, you know, they don't they don't get the younger crowd. But yeah, I mean, they're saying like. You know, I thought at first that bunch over there. The mothers had maybe been frightened by a bunch of gorillas, but now I think they were caught. Oh, one of them's Ali Oop, I think. Some of the beads on her. Well, one of them, darn sure, is not Ula. Looked like a bunch of refugees from a gorilla lovey, and a gorilla couldn't love that. <laughs> Nor could a mother. <laughs> no, I him up in one of those black winches out there. Oh, no, I don't know about that. And that's about as low as they come, I'll tell you. Right, and I'm thinking, like, yeah. this is Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, Jack Nicholson, like, three kind of tough dudes. I wouldn't be like, no matter what they look like, I wouldn't start, like, saying some weird thing about them. Like, I don't know. I feel like three guys pull up on motorcycles and yeah, walk into I your think, diner and I you start the, making fun of them. You're asking for trouble, but yeah, I think it's the, a different time. Is, though, the sheriff sitting there in the booth. Like, if you think about it, the sheriff's not there in the booth. Do you, do they say anything? How many of them had guns on them? Oh. So I feel like that's kind of where you have... I feel like nowadays, if if you saw three guys pull up on motorcycles and walk in, whether or not you're a police officer or have a gun on you, you're not going to start making fun of them because you assume... Eh. I, f- I feel like... I in a movie, I, at least now... I honestly don't think if you went into certain parts of the United States... You and you and this, I, I that scene plays out would play out again easily, easily, easily. You know, there was a did you ever are you familiar with the show Top Gear? Uh, that used to be on the, the BBC, BBC one, yeah, yeah. So, years ago, there was an episode where they went to Georgia, Georgia, Alabama, one of the toast to I think it was Al- Alabama, and they. Uh, they did a whole thing where they were driving to different a different part of it, like you know, going. I don't know if it was Route sixty six or what they're doing, but they ended up driving through there, and then they had this challenge where they had to try to. 
the, the challenge was you had to try to get your fellow host shot. So <laughs> they were given like that? paint and soap to write things on each other's cars. Oh my gosh. And you know, like one person wrote like, you know, Hillary Clinton is the best. And another person wrote, you know, country music sucks and like NASCAR sucks and all this stuff and um one guy like painted the one guy's entire car pink and then it, what was funny was listening to them explain because this is a british show explain what nascar is to people like who hillary clinton <laughs> is and like put an into perspective of like where they are in the world and they pull into a gas station in alabama and like people are like looking at them and you see the film i mean they have a film crew everything and they're driving they were driving crappy cars at this point. They didn't have like Ferraris and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But they do. They had like American, like older. They had to buy. They were given like a two thousand dollars and had to buy like a used sports car or whatever. So they're at a gas station. The owner of the thing of the gas station is this woman comes out and starts yelling at them, telling them to leave and that they're going to get beat up if they don't leave because of the stuff they have written on their car. Then a truck. A van of like a pickup truck comes and there's like 10 guys in the back of it like young guys in the back of it and they literally start picking up rocks and stuff and throwing them at them and cracking the window of the van and like one hitting the crash uh, shattering the window of the one car and they're like they have to pull over on the highway because the va- the guys and a bunch of other cars follow them down the highway and they have they're like using bottles of soda to douse the paint and rub it off the side oh, so they could get away I mean, and this was like 2008 or nine or something like that, maybe even a little bit later after that. So to me, like that scene, just is a timeless thing that would happen over and over and over and over again, I feel like. And yeah, I think that was a really interesting kind of captured uh, a lot of what was going on in the country. I mean, you think about um, there's a song from the musical Hair that talks about that. Like, I don't think I know any hair songs. Hairspray. No, it talks about like having. Is that song? No, the one. Give no. me hair. No, it's not the song. So it's the song. So there's a song from sixties. Is it the song Signs? Signs, sign. Every... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it Signs talks about... is long hair, tippy people. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's you have a lot of the you know you that captures a lot of that too, and the the sentiment in that like right. the long haired freaky people need not apply. They looked at people who were freak, you know, who had long hair as freaks. Uh, even the woman when they're in that like that whorehouse and in um you know when they finally get into right. she's get like to grabbing his hair and says is this real she's like and she says that's it's you're a freak or you're it's, you're kind of freaky so to these people who are these like you know I guess politely you call them like country bumpkins would be uh you know like they're outsiders and when when they leave because they get up and they leave they don't eat anything right but all the girls who are in the diner are like well, swooning over but them. that's because they're completely different from anything that they encounter from a daily basis i mean that's a very stereotypical thing it's a you know like a, it's a woman like wanting the rebel aspect i assumed it. it was because they're like the tough guy rebel not well, yeah, they have the motorcycles. They're not like the, they don't go to church on Sundays wearing the white button up shirt and the khakis like the, the younger guy who's in the other booth. You know, that's he's probably the same age as those guys, maybe a couple years younger. And, um, you know, he's the type of guy that those girls parents would want. Yeah. Them to date I, don't him. Know. Just like the, I mean, guy with must a mustache, leather jackets or leather pants like comes in like I don't think you're I don't think you start making fun of him. I feel like that's. 
That's the guy you don't Again, want I think it's, from. I think it's the fact that the sheriff's sitting there. And they don't care. They're confident in knowing what they're going to do. I mean, well, yeah, obviously. Well, we get the... to so when they leave, and I think there's a good, good part where um, Billy's kind of complaining about that. Like, I don't get it. What I mean, George says to them, "Well, they're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent to them." Amen. All we represent to them, man, is somebody who needs a haircut. Oh, what you represent to them is freedom. What the hell's wrong with freedom, man? That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about, all right. But talking about it and being it, that's two different things. I mean, it's real hard to be free when you are bought and sold in the marketplace. Of course, don't ever tell anybody that they're not free, because then they're going to get real busy killing and maiming to prove to you that they are. Oh, yeah, they're going to talk to you and talk to you and talk to you about individual freedom. But they see a free individual, it's going to scare them. That's not, like, normal to them. Like, right. that's, you're supposed to, oh, being free is, you can choose where you want to work, but you still got to work. You still got to get up in the morning and go to work, do your job, come home. To those people in that group, that's not necessarily, like... That's hard work. That's like working on the farm. That's working in a factory, you know, yeah. working on the shop, like long hours, hard manual labor that you're doing. And here are these guys that, oh, they're just driving around on their motorcycles. Like not, you know, what are they given to society? Uh, that That's sort of what uh, what they're afraid of. No, I get it. it. it, it, it qu- what they're doing questions the values that they have in their town and, yeah. Yeah. and all that type of stuff is really, really what it is. So then the guys go to sleep. They're camping out again at a campfire and are suddenly woken up because they're getting jumped, I assume, by the same people from yeah. the diner. They never show who they are. But they have baseball bats? They definitely had, like, sticks. I don't, I don't They're definitely know. a base. I saw a baseball bat, at least in one guy. Well, yeah. I mean, something heavy hits George right in the head. And kills him. Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> it was just so random. I was yeah. not expecting that to happen. So, I mean, Jack Nicholson, George, is with them to go down to Mardi Gras. And he, like he's kind of the lovable sidekick guy at this yep. point. And out of the three of them, he's the most unassuming. Like he has suspenders on. He's wearing a football helmet and his like high school football sweater. Yeah. And yet like these random town people just jump him and kill him in his sleep. I was not expecting Yeah, I, it's It was very I random. Think you are not supposed to expect it. I mean, but I, everybody what... gets beat up, but he got killed. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what makes it even worse is that it's not like they just kind of like beat them up to rough them up. They like beat them to seriously injure them. I mean, they right. went in there to kill them. Yeah, they didn't steal anything from them. They didn't take any of their stuff. Nope. They didn't like damage their bikes. They just beat them. And then uh, the guys just kind of wrap him up and did they light him on fire? Yeah, I don't know. They don't They do not do it then, but then there's almost like a flashback or something later. So that's a flash forward uh, to the crash at the end okay i thought they were flashing back no i mean it was on the side of the road which confused i get me. yeah yeah so that i i remember seeing that and then i made the connection at the very end that that oh that was that clip so they take george's stuff and say something about they're going to try to get it to his family i guess yeah but they don't head to his family they still head down right to mardi gras and they get to mardi gras mm-hmm. and they go to that I was confused at first because, and then I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is, is a house, church, but it's like a church. <laughs> no, it's a lot of Catholic. did have like the Sistine Chapel painted yeah. on the ceiling or something. A little, little weird. George is the one who told them they should go there. 
Right. And I, I guess they're honoring him. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious that Billy was way more excited about going there than uh, Wyatt is. I think Wyatt's really messed up from. You right. Know, he also got. I think he got hit in the face. Yeah, he had a bruise on his he face. Looks like he got messed up more than Billy did. It looked like Billy got hit in the leg or something like that. Yeah, I kind of got the impression from Wyatt that he's like, he's the bad boy, but he's the good guy. Right. So even though he's at like a whorehouse, he's. He's good. Like, he's not yeah. going to partake in anything. And he's the one who even tells the girl, like, I've got an idea. Let's go outside. They go outside for hours because yeah. it's nighttime when they go outside. And then it's daylight. And they're still out there listening yeah. to banjo music and walking around. And then they head down to a cemetery for some unknown reason and uh, have an LSD trip. Yeah. Well, what I like about the Mardi Gras scene is that you can tell that, that it's all that they shot that like actually had somebody follow right. them around and you can a see lot the people of in the people, crowd looking at them weird yeah which works because maybe they would stand out in that crowd right because they're wearing you know they're the biker guys or whatever but just i thought that was kind of a cool scene because you as i was watching it i'm like i know the way that that these are just real people that these weren't staged choreographed scenes that were rehearsed over and over and over again that this was just people going out like gorilla style into a uh into a street and just shooting a scene, which I think was kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, how how guerrilla style can you be in 1969 or 68? I guess with the equipment, I mean, you're still using. Oh f- no, he would. They would have had a. Um, I mean, if anything, how grainy and stuff that was. They would have had like a. They probably would have shot it on 16 millimeter film. Okay, so it would have been small a pretty enough. small enough shoulder mounted camera. You would have looked like a journalist. Yeah, shooting, and that's why people would have still looked at them. Right, but they probably thought some somebody famous i mean which they were but yeah. yeah i mean you never i mean again though it was it was mardi gras so like it's kind of weird yeah and wild down there anyway people doing different different stuff so back when they were at the commune the hitchhiker right. gives what i assume is lsd to wyatt when you get to the right place with the right people a quarter this and so then when wyatt and Billy are with the girls, and they get to the cemetery, and they all sit down. He breaks it out. Doesn't tell anybody what it what it is or what it's for, but right. I guess that's supposed to be his admission that these are his people, yeah. and this is the place he wants to be, uh, which leads to the weird, grainy LSD trip in the cemetery. Yeah, that was definitely a really odd... And there's the scene where... Kind of felt like Wyatt a, is like crying and holding on to that statue yeah. at the end, and um, I, I like a weird music video. Yeah, it definitely did. I think there was more to that than uh, you know what the movie really was kind of telling us. Uh, but again, still though, I mean, compared to the LSD trip that was Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, yeah, it still made more sense than that. Yeah, I think the context of it was like it was a it was a interesting because at the time you know they were trying to represent what it's like to trip on lsd and i'm sure both of those guys at dennis hopper for sure would have experienced that a lot that they would have kind of tried to represent themselves in the mm. time when you know timothy leary was still around and very big doing all that you know his his stuff to go on a little i mean i felt like that scene was long in the cemetery yeah and I felt like it was longer than it needed to be. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, it it is. They could have edited some of that out. I feel like anytime a scene, there's a scene like that in a movie, it's always longer than it. <laughs> it always feels like it's longer than it needs to be. Yeah, 
when like, I, weird I, I, camera effects are going on. I was thinking about having watched Fear Lily in Las Vegas, and then, then, and then when we saw that scene, I'm like, ah, what's like a movie, you know, recently, past 20 years or so, that's had a scene like that? And the only one I, that quickly came to my mind uh, was the movie Training Day. When uh, have you seen Training Day? Uh, De- um, Denzel Washington and uh, Ethan no, Hawke. No. Oh man, you gotta see that movie. That movie's amazing. There's a scene where so quick, quick. They're uh, narcotics officers. Ethan Hawke wants to get onto Denzel Washington's team, mm-hmm. and so he's got kind of willing to do whatever it takes. And it's his first time riding in, you know, with with Denzel Washington's character. And I want to uh, see a sports movie where somebody doesn't do whatever it takes. And they get like halfway through. So this through is and, not a sports movie. And they movie. just say, eh. It's not a sports movie. Oh. Nar- they're narcotics officers. Oh, he's training. It's his training day. Yeah. The whole movie takes the cor- in the course of one day. Gotcha. But so he gets this. They end up stealing these drugs from a, from this guy. And then he's like, oh, you know, you got to learn. He's like, have you ever smoked this? Like, it's just pot. And he's like, you got to like know the drugs. So he eventually he pure like hardcore peer pressures into smoking it. But it turns out that it's like PCP. And he has this like weird where like the camera's just seeing it's like turning green and he's like looking at Denzel Washington and it's like totally, you know, and it's kind of that same thing where you're sitting there and it's like the mm. screen gets all dark. Again, it's so weird. It's like, all right, I'm, we get it. How long are you going right. to make this go on? But that was the only movie I could think of that I've seen recently that uh, had a scene like that. Well, it. Requiem for a Dream did a lot, but that movie's wow, that getting kind of old by yeah. now. I mean, any movie that really deals with drugs is probably going to have a scene like that. But Requiem for a Dream is all about drugs. Yeah. So I was trying. I meant like more of like a movie that. Oh, that just had a like drug where there's like an intercut scene into gotcha, it where it's gotcha. this weird, and then the yeah. rest of the movie because that's the only scene like that in this movie where you have like the LSD trip. Hmm. But I feel like a movie made in the '60s, it's got to have your requisite LSD. Yeah. Kind of weird out moment. Heck, even Mad Men had that one episode. When, when yeah, when Roger, everybody did, L- Sterling did LSD. It. Yeah. But even that was a lot tamer because they were all kind of locked in a room it together. Also on like television. So. Oh, you mean the, the scene where it was? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they showed it from... Did they show it from his perspective? I thought so. Maybe they did. I don't remember. The last couple seasons, last season in general was a little rough. Well, so one thing after that when they were... Uh, were they at another? Were they camping again? Yep. When they talked about, um, when he says something like, "You know, Billy, we blew it." What? <laughs> what, what, what? That's what it's all about, man. I mean, like you know, I mean, you go for the big money, man, and then you're free. You dig? <laughs> we blew it. I didn't get what they were talking about. So with the that. only thing I could think of, because he was saying, you know, they're gonna. It sounded like the, oh, they're gonna go to Florida and they're gonna retire there, and right. you know, I think so, this is from the money yeah, they got I in the beginning of the movie I, I, that yeah. they haven't talked about again until now. Well, the the money that they have is kind of what's allowing them to just go and yeah do what they want. I guess it's because we don't really know. We know they want to go to Mardi Gras, but we don't know that. The whole they're going to Mar- Mardi Gras on their way to Florida, where they just where they're gonna just kind of like chill oh. and use all their money. Yeah, I don't guess. really talk about that, but I think it's kind of that. It's implied. I feel like that Wyatt wanted to get something out of this, uh. and they didn't, and that's why he's saying that they blew it. Like we had this chance, they're driving across America because they went from L.A. to Florida, right? 
through the South, through Texas and everything, you know, and they didn't, uh, they didn't get, I mean, they were with, they basically caught, you know, were part of George dying. Like without them, he would have never been killed like that. And all the other things that kind of happened to them along the way. Like, what did they really get out of it? Did they learn anything? Did they experience what they wanted to experience? I mean, if you think about it, for the most part, other than two instances pretty early on in their trip, they got treated like crap. And it doesn't end here because they still get treated like crap in the final scene. Yeah. Well, quickly back to the part about getting treated like crap. I think there's a part where George says, You know, this used to be a hell of a good country. And I think that's the one commentary piece we have one on the way that everybody's kind of treating they're being treated as these like rebels and outsiders to it. But also, too, it's 1969, like huge civil rights movement, all the political assassinations that were happening at the time. That's really kind of the one comment we have on what's going on outside that because, again, this movie doesn't really ever bring all of that stuff into it right it's there right we know that it's there but it's never really explicitly shown on there but yeah i mean i the, the final scene i think you kind of you know they're just kind of they're riding along and random truck pulls up next to yeah them. i'm talking about getting a hair a haircut why don't you get a haircut so, scare the crap out right they're two older guys right and yeah. the one the passenger turns to the driver and says like and he takes a shotgun off of a gun rack in the back of the pickup truck and points it at billy and says get a haircut billy flips him off right and then the passenger shoots him with a shotgun yeah he went from hey i'm gonna scare this kid to shooting him like so there's a i i'm pretty sure he shoots him and then they kind of like he crashes whatever comes off and I, I swear I heard somebody say, like, what happened? And I wondered if he meant to, if that's the driver being like, yo, what happened? Or if it was the guy who shot him, like, realizing that he didn't, like, maybe he meant to shoot the bike or shoot over him. I don't think him. so. At first I thought, because then he says, like, we're about to go back. Which I thought, yeah, oh, they accidentally, they did it by accident. He didn't mean to shoot Billy. Yeah. They want to go back and check on him. But the very next scene totally blows that away because they blow Wyatt's, Henry Fonda's right. character away. Wyatt stops, checks on Billy, and then he says he's going to go get help. And he drives directly towards the truck that is now turning around to come back. And they shoot him again. And, I mean, they blow his bike into pieces. They, you don't, I don't think you actually see Wyatt. No, You're assumed you he's see, dead. You his do bike kind explodes. of see for like a frame. You do see a lot of blood. Yeah, yeah. In one frame, assuming that he got shot like in the head or something like that, I think. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. No no explanation, no consequence. And by the way, the guy who shot shot him with a shotgun, he needs to see a doctor because he had like a goiter. Yeah, the, he did. I saw oh, that. man. On the side of his neck. Woo. And that was not like prosthetic. That was like a legit medical yeah. concern. But yeah, so they just get shot and that's the end of the movie. And I was just dumbfounded. I don't get what statement they're trying to make. Well, again, I think it goes back to the whole idea that they're through a part of the country that wasn't accepting of what they were representing. It goes all the way back to George saying what they're scared of isn't, you know, what the freedom aspect. 
Yeah. Where he says they're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent. They're scared of you. You know, think about it. They're like, to that guy, there are these people coming in. The Hell's Angels were around at that time, you know, like, they don't know. They see a guy on a motorcycle. Back then, like, you're on a motorcycle. You were not, like, necessarily a great person to a lot of people in the sense. Like, still seems like a kind of big leap to go to just killing a random. Well, we don't know what's, what state were they in. What, what states are after <laughs> Louisiana, between Louisiana and Florida? Let's think about Alabama it. Alabama and Georgia. Right. So in 1969, right, exactly. So in 1969, you're driving through one of those three states and you're, you have long hair and are on a motorcycle. What do you think your chances are of not having something bad happen to you? Well, whether it's being shot and Wyatt killed. Wyatt didn't have long hair. Longer hair. Ah, I mean, my hair is probably just as long as his hair was. No, his hair was a lot longer. Still. Seemed a little extreme. And I don't know how much money they had on them, but that's all gone. Well, <laughs> I mean, they're dead. Right, but the bike exploded. Yeah, so. He had on. the money in the gas tank. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a good movie. I liked the movie. Yeah. I would I would probably watch this movie again. I just, uh, I feel like there could have been a better way to handle that ending. Still get across the message. And I mean, if you want your characters to die... You could still have that happen, but some type of like lesson or outcome. No, I don't think, I don't necessarily think though that it has to have a lesson. And I think what's great about it is that if that scene would have been made today, that ending scene would have been made today, Dennis Hopper's death scene would have lasted for like five minutes and it would have been this touching thing or why it was crying. Mm -hmm. But I felt like they did it realistically where like, he's kind of okay. Like, I think he may be survive. I'm going to go get help. Right, and he gets on his bike and he just speeds away. Yeah, and they then, don't say goodbye to each other at all. No, because he's he's trying to get his friend, you know, try to get his friend help. There's not this like, oh, go on, go on, do it, or do it for us, or do it for George. Like he just die, like he, for George. Yeah, he just goes, and then the <laughs> other guy shoots him. I think that's just sort of the yeah the brutality. I mean, earlier in the movie, definitely brutal. Definitely, I mean, well, in the earlier in the movie, uh, you know, George got smashed in the head with a baseball bat and he died. Like. That was it. Like, it was just, he's in, boom, he's dead. It's just such a, I mean, those three deaths are in such contrast, I feel, to the rest of the movie, which seemed so lighthearted, and then, bam, it just jumps out at you, this violence out of nowhere. Right. And, but that's sort of the comment they're making with it, is that, hey, all these guys, but think about it, though, like, they did get their money by dealing coke. Well. So, in the sense, like, they... Set themselves right. up at the beginning that they, in that business, they were, you know, putting on some risk. Not, like, say, like you, in their minds, they would have been doing something. Like, they were dealing with people who were dealing right, drugs. Right. 60's not the same as what it would be doing now, but. Right, they weren't on a street corner selling drugs. They went no. to one guy, gave him money, like, literally went down the road, and. But we're talking, like, maybe tens of thousands of dollars. Sure, sure. I mean, it was a big amount, but. Yeah. It was one purchase, one sale. I wouldn't necessarily say they were drug dealers. No, I'm not. No, I'm saying they were dealing with drug dealers. Yes, yes. Which could be representative of their life in general. Maybe they were dangerous people or lived dangerously, but it didn't seem that way from that point on in the movie. No, yeah, they're not. Like, you, if they were criminals before the film starts, yeah, we don't you know. don't really know 
that at all. We don't really get that impression that that's what they're like. So who was the um the in the opening credits? It said Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda, and there was a third guy who d- directed the movie, directed or produced all three of them together. I think it was just Dennis Hopper who directed. Uh, maybe it was produced then. It was the three of them. I didn't know if the th- and it wasn't Jack Nicholson. I didn't no, catch he did not. who the third name yeah. was. I didn't know if he was also an actor in this or not, but it yeah, was good. Yeah, I don't know. Did do you know if Dennis Hopper directed anything else? Uh, no, I don't know if he directed. I'm sure he probably did. Mm. I I think this was the first movie he directed. I don't think he was. Uh, I mean, he was just an actor, um, and I just decided to make this movie and kind of uh, go with it. But I know it was the first movie he ever directed. Right. Um, good. But I mean, it's kind of lived on as a classic, classic film. I'm still upset that the song Slow Rider was not... Slow Ride. Slow Ride. By who? Who's that song by, Jim? Uh, something with an F. Fog Hat. Fo- Fog Hat. <laughs> I, I assume, actually, that song may have come out after 1969, and maybe that's why it was not in this I think movie. it's from the 70s. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Criterion on the Couch. You can find the show notes at criteriononthecouch.com slash easyrider. Next time, we'll be discussing Pan's Labyrinth. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. On Twitter, we're at Criterion Couch. And on Instagram, we're at Criterion on the Couch. I'm Adam Urich with Jim Massessa. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>